In this episode, I want to talk about the teaching family model and the fifth element that makes it so powerful. The fifth element is practice or role-playing, and that is the doing, how to do it. This is episode 13. Let's get started. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Well, hello, everybody. I hope everybody's doing great. I am so excited to talk about role-playing and the doing part of the teaching family model. Now, I've covered all the other four elements, but this one is particularly important when we're talking about how to shape and change behaviors for your children. It's in the doing. Now, um, I know there are a lot of people who are turned off by that phrase, role-playing and specifically people who just think it's hokey and it's weird and it's odd and it's just bizarre but i i want to challenge you i want to challenge your perception of role-playing and the importance it plays uh, in helping to guide your children to the behaviors that they should have now when you go to a movie or you go to a play or you go to the symphony or you go even watch your favorite rock band, I want you to take into consideration that they just did not show up one day and decide that they were going to do that and boom, it happened magically. Life doesn't work that way. If we were to take how much time they spent mastering the craft that they are doing or performing, we would see that all along the way, they have spent a lot of time practicing, practicing together, practicing alone, practicing over and over and over again until it becomes second nature. Um, I went to go see a play, you know, uh, not too long ago, and I go to a lot of plays. I go to a lot of plays. I enjoy them. I think they're great. I go to musicals. I think they're great too. Um, and I go to concerts. I love to I love to go there. But while I was going to the play, what I noticed uh, during this particular play, and it was the Wizard of Oz, was that during one of the segments, um, something went glitchy with the um, set. It was a weird uh, thing. And I knew it wasn't right because for an, a brief instant, I could tell on one of the actors' faces that something was off. And uh, while I was kind of panicking in a way after I saw that, uh, I noticed that the actors just picked up where they were and they just continued on despite that difficulty. Um, now, this isn't the only time that's happened to me. <laughs> I went to this big, huge musical review uh, down at a theater in southern Utah. It's called Tuacon. It's it's a beautiful place. It's actually a theater that's outside and it's surrounded by these huge red rock mountains, and uh, they can actually flood the stage with water. It's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's a spectacle. Um, but during one of the the plays, they were doing the Prince of Egypt um, from DreamWorks. They they actually made a musical about it. And during that scene, the there was a baby crib in the middle, and it was supposed to go down into the stage slowly like this well it went down and one of the the parts of the crib actually caught and it wouldn't go down it actually started to tilt like this and you could see that the machine trying to pull it down or at least move it down was struggling and so 
But what you notice is that the actors are able to respond to that despite that disruption without any difficulty at all, right? And the reason that they're able to do that is because they've practiced. And they've practiced in order to know what to do in case something doesn't work well and to know what to do when things are going well, right? So this idea that practice actually makes us rewire our brain in ways that we can react and and do things productively is not a new concept. In fact, all of y'all know that that's the way the world works. So why do we believe that children are any different? They're not. Children need just as much, if not more, practice in what they need to do to correct behaviors, right? Now, the fifth element of the teaching family model that makes it effective is this idea that we actually are going to structure some time with the child to practice these behaviors, whether it's following instructions or whether it's disagreeing appropriately with us, whether it's you know communication. We're going to teach them the steps using the teaching family model, but we're going to practice it with them. Now, in the practice with the teaching family model, we actually, as parents, are going to demonstrate it first. So we're going to show them how to do that. And that does a couple of things. First, it actually makes the child more comfortable with what is happening because they're like, okay, I've seen it. I I think I understand it because I was able to observe you do it. And that touches on a lot of different senses for a child. So they're able to see you do it. They're able to hear you do it. They're able to gauge where you are. They can tell by your voice tone how things should go. I mean, this type of practice actually prepares them to do it on their own. It gives them confidence to know what it looks like and how to do it. So the importance of you actually doing it first is huge do it first. You need to show them first how to do it, and then you allow them to practice it back with you. Now, just like any muscle, the more you practice, the better off you're going to be at it. And so children need consistent practice. Um, The teaching family model in the way that it's structured is there is a time that you do sit down and you practice it with your child, whatever skill it is that you're working on. So you can practice that then. But it also encourages parents to practice it at a later time. And this is an unscripted practice to see if they're able to gauge the concepts and snap into that. Now, that what that does is actually it helps the child put it in context of everything else that's happening in their life. So, for example, if I was teaching my child how to follow instructions effectively, we would practice it together at one time. Then I would prepare my child and say, hey, I am going to ask you later to do something and I want you to do exactly what we've practiced, but I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to do it. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but we're going to see if you can do it. And, but it will be later today. So I'm giving them only a specific time frame. Now, when later on comes, I can say, okay, well, I need you to go and bring me, you know, my tool toolbox. That may be the example that I use. I need you to go give me my toolbox. Now, if my child does not follow the steps that we've practiced, then all I have to do is prompt and say, hey, do you remember what we practiced? I'm just reminding you, this is our test. I'm testing you to see how well you can do. And that should snap in their brain. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Let me try it. Let me, let me, let's do it again. And then what you do is you practice it at that moment. Now, if the child is able to to recognize that and they 
do it perfectly, you definitely want to praise them because, hey, it's starting to connect, right? And the muscle memory is starting to be there. And then you continually do this where you say, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to ask you to do something. This is just for following instructions. Tomorrow I'm going to ask you to do something and I want you to do it, but I'm not going to tell you that we're practicing it, that we're doing it again. And if you can follow the steps, then, you know, we'll have a reward for you. So you're actually preparing them by letting them know that it's going to happen again. And they have to remember this, but they don't know exactly when. Now, this is integrating the skill into everyday life for your child. And this is a powerful and effective way to help them do something, use it, and then realize how it connects with everything else in their life. The role-playing or the practicing part of the five elements that make this, the teaching family model effective is such an important role. You can do all the other pieces in there, but you will not be successful unless you role play it unless you practice it it is such an essential part of that the other part is role playing can help build relationship because in a way you are learning to communicate and collaborate and work with your child so don't dismiss this as being less than all the other pieces they're all working conjunction with each other but role playing really is the power behind getting this whole muscle memory thing to work right this is where we actually are exercising what we're learning and applying it into our daily life so in closing what i want to say about role playing and practicing is this super super important for you to try this now remember role playing and uh, practicing come very naturally to young children. In fact, you're going to be able to role play with them when they're young fairly easily because they are always pretending and they're always uh, trying new things and they're they're ready to experiment. The older the child gets, the more difficult it is to role play. Now, you don't have to call it role play with them. It's the idea of practicing whatever it is you're trying to teach them over and over to be sure that they got it and they understand it and they know how to behave and you've you've set a good example by being the example first and then having them practice it over and over some strategies to help older kids do it is to turn it into a game um, you can be very playful with it and in fact i found that parents who are more playful with the role play as they get older children get older and are more resistant um, kids tend to drop their defenses and they tend to participate and that could be in a lot of different ways you can use your sense of humor you know you can um, joke around you can admit that it feels kind of weird and say but we're just going to keep doing this and trying it until we can get it or you can explain to them the importance of repet being repetitive you can explain to them the importance of repetition right so that's it for me for this week i hope that everyone understands the essential part of role-playing and why it's so important and that actually it exists all around us. You know, there is an amount of practice that we do. Now, I had mentioned um, going to plays and seeing role-playing happen all the time. That's just one example. But I want you to think about a surgeon who goes into surgery. He's had multiple times where he's actually practiced before he performs surgery on a human being. Um, he's had to have the practice. You have to have some practice. And in fact, physicians call it a practice. I have a practice where you, they're consistently 
trying things and trying to get things uh, into their memory. Piano players, musicians uh, continue to do this. Um, mechanics, any anyone who's involved in some type of craft um, requires some type of practice. People just, people, we are not, no one is born to just perform. We all have to practice. And so practice, you want your children to be successful? Take the initiative and practice with them. They will be successful. I can guarantee it. All right, that's it for me. Uh, If this has been helpful, please subscribe to the podcast. And you can find us on any podcast listening. Uh, You can find us anywhere. Online, iTunes, and Google, we're there. Also, share it. And leave us a review if you found this helpful. And let us know what you're thinking. That's it for me, and I'll see you again next week. Okay, bye. (music) Thank you.